Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Renderos Brothers. I'm Sam. I'm Mike. And thank you for joining us as we talk about whatever we Another want. Another fucking week. Um, you can find us on Instagram as the Renderos Bros. And also, you can email us at renderosbros at gmail.com. Yep. All right, let's get this started. So, how's your week? How's your week been going? Jesus, I can't even speak. It's been all right. Um, it's been uh, hot as fuck. So we've just been dealing with this heat at work, being outside. It's you know it's been uh interesting just the change of fucking weather and it has happened kind of abruptly and then all these uh, brush fires broke out also around us. Yeah, and it's funny because like uh, initially like everything sounded you know it was pretty calm like it was pretty cool weather it wasn't anything too crazy and and yeah, all it was of a bearable. sudden it was bear- bearable. Yes, it was bearable, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, so pretty bearable. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm finally going to get a haircut, unfortunately. You know, <laughs> I want me the thing was is that I wasn't going to get a haircut. Unfortunately, what do you mean? You're going to get a fucking... Uh, well, uh, no, no, I was talking about unfortunately. Like, you know, my father-in-law passing. His funeral oh, is yeah. uh, coming up next week, and I don't want to yeah, no, look... Yeah, the day off for that. I don't want to look like a mess. So, you know, I definitely want to pay my respects. I want to look clean cut for the man. I mean, he was a military man. He was in the Navy, and I, I definitely don't want to disrespect that. And you don't have a military cut, though. No, and I'm not gonna get a military cut, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look sharp. I'm gonna look sharp for him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like you it's better wear a fucking I'm suit. Be, I'm gonna be a pallbearer. I got my suit pressed and ready to yeah, go. Yeah, like tight. I'm definitely gonna be on my best behavior because we all know how I can get. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, I just get a little wild, but obviously with this isn't. It's not. I I definitely respected um, my father-in-law a lot. So of course, you know. Um, which, you know, I know that a lot of people have in-laws where they don't have that level of, like, respect for one another. You know, there's a lot of bad blood sometimes. Yeah, I understand that because uh, some in-laws aren't the best. They, uh, they're not just, they're just dicks at times, I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't, yeah, uh, exactly. I wouldn't know because I'm pretty good uh, with my uh, in-laws as well. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. Fucking, uh, what's your week been like, Don? Uh, you know, just been playing a lot of uh, Fall Guys, you know. It's been a lot of fun. The Fall Guys is a new game that comes out. It's 60, uh, 60 player elimination. I think we talked about it last week. And um, yeah, I fucking suck at that shit, dude. dude I ain't been they, win shit. They just up, uh, updated the, updated shit, the game me off. to add a new finale. I don't want to fucking play no more. The new finale is called uh, Jump Showdown. So, you know, uh, Jump Club is the round platform with the two beams that are spinning around and you knock people off until whoever is left standing. No. You've never played that one? I don't think I've played that one It's yet. a It's a big ring. It's got like a T on it, and there's a green bar that goes around in the bottom. Oh, the red bar on top? The, yep. Oh, then I have played it. So they have a, the new one that's based off of that called Jump Showdown. Okay. And, and that one right there, the platforms fall in chunks like pizza slices getting picked off, but the bar is still spinning. So <laughs> okay. you have to avoid that. While these platforms are falling, more tricky, of course, and making it tighter and tighter until there's only two blocks left, and you survive and hopefully don't fall down or are not on the platform that falls into the pink slime. Okay, well, I'm um, I'm probably gonna play it uh, in a little while after this, so we'll see. Maybe I'll play it. Maybe I'll play that level. Okay. Um. So. So uh, what's up with those movies you're talking about? So the first movie we're going to talk about is going to be Blood Quantum. came out in 2019, written and directed by Jeff Barnaby. It stars Michael Grayeyes as tra- Trailer, El-, El Magia Tailfeathers as Joss, Forrest Goodluck as Joseph, and Kiowa 
Gordon as Lysol and Olivia Scriven as Charlie. So, what's it about? It's about fucking zombies, no? It is. Uh, so, basically, the dead are coming back to life outside of the isolated um, Migma Reserve of Red Crow. Uh, ex- uh, you know, it, and the uh, indigenous inhabitants are strangely immune to the zombie plague, is what I got off of um, IMDb. Uh, so, I, I got to tell you, for a 2019 film, it's also a Canadian film. Well, and uh, the director, um, mm-hmm. Jeff Barnaby, it looks like he's done a lot of like short films that deal with native people's like struggles within Canada and from a very like native perspective. Like, so it showed like he knew what he was going with with this film. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the visuals of the story. Um, yeah, I thought the I thought it was uh, I thought it was cool because it, it was a lot of gore. Um, Some of the gore was really, yeah, like, really, and, really and impressive. It was nice how they uh, included uh, animals also re- uh, resurrecting and stuff like that. So I thought that was tight. Yeah, that something, was cool. Something yeah, slightly different that they don't really do in other ones. So it's part of the uh, Red Crow Reserve, uh, the the Migma. Um, the there's a, a native who is fishing, and as he is like chopping up and gutting the fish and preparing the fish, he hears like flapping as if there's fish trying to get out which he realizes is impossible because i've killed the fuck out of these fish there's no fucking way yeah he just took the guts out and it's fucking flip-flopping now yeah and so then the shot you know pulls back and then boom it's cuts pretty right much in. the opening sequence so it kind of it kind of puts you in uh in their world kind of quick it does and, and what i appreciated was like the visuals i i, I do like the fact that you know, um, it was a tribe surviving the apocalypse. Like mostly it's not like a white person like running around. Like that was kind of neat that it was from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, and that they were also torn with the idea of like, do we help the white man who we know is like, you know, uh, capable of getting infected? And, and always had, had kept us as outcasts and stuff like that. Exactly. And then or do we let them in and, you know, try to survive together? Yeah. And and it, it, it like I like those ideas, but the yeah, thing but the, I don't think they were um, uh, plotted out a hundred percent properly because it kind of came off like uh like like whatever it didn't come off like it was something that was uh that yeah and I think the problem for me was the budget hurt the overall story because yeah. it's a really ambitious fucking story that you know um, that Jeff Barnaby is trying to tell because I think he I believe he wrote it yeah written and directed I said. Um, so yeah, it's super ambitious and like, there's a lot of like different like plates spinning. I just didn't feel like the money because it's Canadian independent film. So they don't have the biggest budget. Yeah. Acting was shoddy. The acting was a little spotty, but it's also because native people don't really have the opportunity to be in films, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. And so, and so like the only one that I, uh, I recognize after finding his name and looking up what he does is Forrest Goodluck. Who plays Joseph? Who plays the son of Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant? Ah, uh, okay, okay. So I was like, I knew I knew that kid from somewhere, you know. And so the thing was, is like, I I felt I like I couldn't recognize. If they had a bigger budget, they would have been able to pull off some of the things that they were going for. Because like some of the moments in the film, like definitely needed like a fuck ton of zombies, right? But oh in, yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like they they had a fuck ton of zombies at the end of the film. But the problem was is that they were all CGI. I mean, they were all like PlayStation 2 zombies, oh, like running yeah, out with the, heli- yeah, with the helicopter fucking, shot. 
Yeah, it was kind of, kind of, kind of cheesy. It was kind of cheesy. It kind of takes you out of it because it's not fucking a uh, full scale fucking movie, something we're used to. Me personally, I'm not too into low budget movies or in, like some independent movies that come out and they're uh, they have a significant budget. You can yeah. see the difference in them. So you can see that this is a movie that was less like uh, whatever the flying fuck. It maybe I'm pretty sure it wasn't too expensive. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. It, it was entertaining for the most part. Yeah, I like I the think, gore. Like I said, the gore was fucking cool. Yeah, the pacing was a little slow. Like, I felt like some of the pacing was just kind of like, you could pick up the pace a little bit faster. Uh, I feel like some shots, the dialogue between some of the actors was recorded kind of slowly. I don't know if that was intentional or not. but I, I doubt f- it. I feel like it, seem that way to me. it dragged a little bit in terms of like how you wanted the story to unfold. Okay. I think if you cut those conversations, because it'd be like, hey, Joseph, what are you doing? What do you mean? What am I doing? Yeah, it, it was like po- it was awkward. It was like awkward pauses inside the thing, and I don't know if it's because the director it was like the fucking movie that uh, that I did in high school, Death of a White Guy, Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan the Lion, my boy. Uh, you know, and so me and my buddy pretended to be gangsters, and we and we shot him for the fucking stupid fucking class for a, and shit, uh, yeah. a class project. Yeah, you called it Death of a White Guy. Yeah, like Death of a Salesman. You <laughs> yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and so like you know, that's when yeah. I mean, no, dude, same cool. acting though, same type of acting. That's for sure. Well, yeah, and then also I think uh, it was shot chronologically, unlike most movies, which are shot all over the place. Yeah, and this the- shit too. Also, fucking, it starts off, and then all of a sudden, it kicks you six months later, and the fucking world's kind of destroyed. This, this, and that. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, from a scale of one to ten, would you fucking what would you give it, and what would you I, I, how would you recommend it? I would give it a six, and I would recommend it just for the gore. And I think like some of the, I think. There needs to be more exposure for films like this where it does have a predominantly, you know, colored cast. Yeah. You know, so I think it's important. Um, you know, I like the family dynamic in the film. Uh, you know, the the son and the dad definitely seem like they were struggling to connect. Yeah, I also feel like one of the characters, they kind of like, I don't know, for me, I think it's maybe they stereotype or something because... Uh, You're talking I've about Lysol? Like, yeah. Lysol played by uh, Kiwa Gordon. Yes. Yeah, he was like the one who hated white man. Yeah. He's like, why are we helping these white folk? Like, fuck these people. And, you know, and yeah, it felt... Not just that, but also the fucking drug addicts and shit, the fucking, the the, the girlfriend and the dude. Yeah. I feel like they they were trying to do like a, like the like the Alaskans that are kind of out there in the middle of nowhere and they fucking, all they can, all the only thing that to do is uh, meth. Well, I mean, that's a thing. Like, you know, there, I mean, there is a huge problem with like drug and alcohol addiction within the native communities. And so I think like, it was cool that they were touching on it. It just yeah, didn't, but they didn't. It, they didn't say like they didn't go out like, oh yeah, we're gonna help them yeah, because oh, they're fucking because they're drug addicts or anything like that. It just they didn't explore it. Exposed it. it. That's yeah, it. they just touched on it, right? Yeah. Like, and like I said, if they had a bigger budget, I don't know that's if maybe what that I meant. would. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, so. I would recommend it just because, like, I mean, as a low budget horror film, like I think it was entertaining. I think a little too slow at times, but overall, I I really kind of like. I kind of dug it. That's why I said six out of ten. Like I'm like, yeah, nah, it's just okay. I, I'd, I'd it's probably not give it a six out of ten. Also, but I wouldn't. I definitely would not recommend it. I would maybe recommend it to someone that didn't want to fucking pay attention to a movie and, and just have it on. Yeah, just have it on. That's fine. Uh, you know. So yeah, let us know what you think. Always uh, find us, Render Brothers. Yeah, uh, fucking the Renderos uh, Bros. Watch it. Waste your waste a bit of time because you're at home not doing shit. It's an so. hour and a half. It flies. Watch it. Uh, next film is going to be the Tax Collector, written and directed by David Ayers, who has done The Suicide Squad, which I hated. Bright, which I heard was not good. I've not watched it. <laughs> I've seen it. I, I 
I thought it was like whatever. Like whatever. Yeah. Whatever's not a good answer. Um, yeah. And it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I've seen it twice. End of Watch and Fury. I fucking love End of Watch, but you know, it's I, also a little fucking iffy. Yeah, I, 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 Fury's I, fire. Fury's I, fire. My favorite David Ayer film from what I've seen here is fire, uh, Fury. Yeah. Fury is a fantastic film. I think it's it suits his directing style better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because he's definitely like, he's not good with intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> like in terms of all that, like even though like in Fury they're inside of the tank, I-, I feel like he was able to frame it in a way where like you could tell like there was these complicated relationships while they were running around in the tank and making it all happen. End of Watch, I really enjoyed the chemistry between Michael Pena and um, Jake, Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. My biggest problem is Jake Gyllenhaal should have been the one to die, not fucking Michael Pena. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Um, I fucking thought that was bullshit. And and I understand Jake Gyllenhaal is the bigger star. But at the same time, for the purposes of the story, Jake Gyllenhaal is not learning a fucking lesson having his fucking partner die in the in the in, in the line of fire. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, I agree. I, there's no lesson learned. He's just like, well, sorry, buddy, I got us killed. Uh, I got you killed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is true. That's true. So this movie is about David. He is um, what they call the tax collector. Him and his best friend, played by Shia LaBeouf, who plays a creeper. creeper. They go around. They collect. Uh, a cut of the profits from all of the local gangs who r- drug run in yeah, the city. Down, they tax down the fucking the hood. The hood uh, in 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 the L.A. gang cartel community, which predominantly seems to be. That's not the cartel. <clears throat> no, I mean you know cartel but, community, gang community, gang community. Because that's how it all trickles down. They all gotta pay fucking the fees. They gotta pay the fees. Yeah, they gotta fucking the protection fees, the the business fees, like the hey, we're allowed to operate here fees. Well, they have to pay fucking all sorts of shit, and you have to do uh, certain things. That I know so, become actual gang. So let's like talk about let's talk about what we liked about the film. Uh, I thought I like I liked it because I'm uh I'm really into that fucking like type of world and shit. I think it's fucking trippy how shit happens. I grew up in a fucking uh in a way that kind of relates in a sense. So for me, I, I was, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was cool and shit, but some scenes and some stereotypes are kind of like, whoa, what the fuck? You so, know? so for me, I will tell you, I liked Shia LaBeouf. I think Shia LaBeouf, for what they wrote for his character, he did the best job that he could do given the writing. <laughs> yeah. And then that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, that's all- I trip out on that shit too because fucking- he he fucking did, didn't he get tatted up? He the got whole tatted. Movie and yep. Dude, he, when the fuck does he come out with a fucking without a shirt at the fu- where he's doing his spoiler alert when he's getting fucking killed? Yeah, that's um, the only part. Yeah, you're right. I think. Yeah, so. I, I kept I, like I was wondering, I was like, am I gonna see the fucking tattoo because I wanted to see what it looked like? Yeah, you can see it on Instagram. You can't uh, really see, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can see it on a magazine. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like Shia LaBeouf is really. I mean, I think Shia LaBeouf is probably one of the most underrated actors, at least from people who know him from his like. Transformers days. It's the oh, same yeah, thing with yeah. like Robert Pattinson, right? Robert Pattinson gets a lot of shit. Shia LaBeouf lets gets a lot of shit. And Shia LaBeouf also, with his kind of experimental phase where he was trying really wacky things in the public eye, I think also hurt his reputation. I always thought he was a good actor because I used to watch uh, Even Stevens. And, yeah, uh, and the he, comedy and, show. Yeah, and you and when he would be on the screen, he just he just he would shine essentially. You know, whatever emotion he was trying to portray, it would come off. 100%. Yeah. 
I, and I got to tell you, like, I really appreciated what he tried to do with this film. Unfortunately, the film overall for me is not a good film. The writing is like really terrible. The, shoddy as fuck. the story is convoluted because you're not even sure where this story is going. And then at, <laughs> some, at the middle point of the film, they're like, I'm Conejo. I'm the new fucking uh, drug running, tax collecting yeah, motherfucker. I also didn't fucking like how uh, fucking oh yeah, uh, Shia LaBeouf. He's he's a fucking he's a creeper. He fucking uh, he's a, he's a sick murderous motherfucker. And then when everything goes down, the food dies like nothing. Yeah, like get the fuck out of here. You can't hype somebody up fucking in in the first 20, 30 fucking minutes of the movie. Like hype and, them up hard, and then all of a sudden that happens. And also like the relationships in the fucking movie are written so badly. They're so badly developed. You want me to believe that David and Creeper have this fucking tight bond they're like brothers yeah, but you Holmes. but you write david to be one of the quietest fucking characters on fucking screen like the whole <laughs> time when they're in the car it's shia labeouf like what are you talking about i say you know like this this and that this that and the other and david's like yeah she was tight yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're right yeah i mean it, that's it like david's character is super fucking quiet and he's supposed to be like this menacing, like tax collector for. I thought so too. Yeah, exactly. And also fucking when he's even uh, taxing them down, he was he, like, he just fucking he's in a spot with these sick ass gangsters. He, you know, he says, "Where the fucking money?" Yeah. And that's it. And then here comes the money. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I, I get that shit too. And you know, his relationship with his wife, it felt empty because you don't really spend time with them. And 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 this is when I knew when I was watching the movie that David Ayers does not fucking understand what Latino community is. Because there is no fucking way in the goddamn world that David and Alexis are dancing by themselves with the family watching them. If you've ever been to a fucking quinceanera, everybody is on the motherfucking dance floor. <laughs> yeah, grandma, grandma pops up from her fucking wheelchair be like, my bad hip, mijo. So it's break, so it's break dancing. <laughs> break dancing. Getting fucking down. Yeah. Everyone's having a fucking time. You know, except for the the loser cousins, like the the really creepy ones, you keep them in the corner. The uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like everybody would be on the dance floor, and it, it, there was a scene where the family's watching David and Alexis dancing. I was like, get the fuck out of here! Everyone's sitting around, like kind of like quietly. <laughs> George Lopez isn't telling any fucking jokes because if your uncle is George fuck- Lopez, that of all fools was the fucking. Uh, I thought that shit was kind of funny. He's Uncle Louis. Uh, but I mean, the thing is, but Uncle Louie would be throwing jokes, even if he was the guy who was, was the middleman for the wizard. Yeah, the wizard. <laughs> and lo and behold, it's Jimmy Smith. They were like, hey, Jimmy, you want to be in this movie? How long do I have to be in the film for? Tommy Knockers, bitch. We're going to record for like five hours. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> How much are you going to pay me again? Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. I also play uh, in Star Wars now. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, it just. He doesn't know how the fucking real world works, like these relationships and shit. Yeah, I thought it was a bit, I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was cool because the fucking concept is something that I, I've always been intrigued the, with. The concept is cool. I, I want to say the concept of the whole fucking thing is really fucking clever about the taxing portion of the drug running, yeah. right? Because m- normally films focus on the, the drug running aspect of the game, never the monetary side. And it wasn't even that fully fleshed out. You just knew he collected cash. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, uh, it's not fully fleshed out. Yeah, it, and and at um, all, essentially, David it, Ayers was a producer in Training Day, so it felt like he's. Oh. I I think in his head, and this is me just obviously jumping to conclusions here. He thought I can do that. And it's Training Day too. Yeah, and David, Shia LaBeouf. you can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, when you told me, 
I have I oh, saw the, it first, of course, and then fucking uh, when you told me uh, David, the, uh, yeah, David Ayers, Suicide Squad was uh, yeah attached to. I was like, oh shit, it shit makes sense now. I understand why the fuck I thought the fucking movie ran a certain way and was like real shoddy, like real weird, and then also like certain cuts, just things, just uh, like you would expect for a main character that you gave so much script to, so much uh, uh, love to, essentially on, on screen for the beginning of the movie to. You know, like I said, just fucking maybe die in a different way or in yeah. a different fashion. But it just, I just felt like they, they got, they got fucking hit too fucking outlandish. And it was just crazy. There was a point where uh, Alexis gets killed, um, played by Cynthia Carmona. And by the way, I want to say like the cast did the best they could. I'm not trying to knock yeah, it. what they had. But I feel like David Ayers didn't talk to them about like kind of the motives of their characters or whatever. They felt like really one note and, and just empty stereotypes of what you think a gangster in L.A. would be. Yeah. Um, and so like she dies and you know, David is like holding his wife, and then they do this weird like flashback of Conejo coming into the hotel, taking the kids, and then uh, like, all right, bitch, you're gonna die. It's so fucking unnecessary as a fucking <laughs> thing to focus on. You're like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? I mean, dude, I know, but I also thought it was fucking stupid that fucking uh, he get he goes in, sees the wife dead, and then and like he doesn't even instead he not fucking even think, ba- he bathes her, <laughs> lays in the tub with her, and, not even thinks about the kids. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what about the kids, yo? I'm like, he, how would you how would you how, how would you fucking wait for so long? After? So so you mean to tell me you take your girl, you get the kids, you're hiding in the hotel, and you're like, all right, everybody stay here, I'm gonna be back, and you find your wife dead, and you're like, my kids are with the babysitter. Yep, fine, perfectly. Did you tuck them in? What are you talking about? I don't have the kids. Fuck! Yeah, it was fuck. fucking stupid. Yeah. You find your wife dead and you think the fucking kids are safe. Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like not once did he go, fuck, the kids. He was just like, my wife, I will carry you to the tub and wash all the blood off <laughs> don't you. Don't worry, baby. Yeah. I'm going um, to clean you. And, and, and <laughs> that's just some of the problems that I have with this fucking film. But, you know, like Bobby Soto, Cynthia Carmone, uh, Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> Jose Conejo. Which, by the way, Jose Conejo, Conejo Martin, it's like, oh, your middle name's Conejo? That's your character. You're playing Conejo. And he's like, well, oh, okay, fuck it. I'm going to get paid. That's my street um, name, fool. Cheyenne Ray hey, Holmes. Hernandez, uh, George Lopez, and Jimmy Smith are in the film. And I, I I'm think, from La Puente, Holmes. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Cheyenne Ray Hernandez, right? Like, she plays Gata. And, uh, dude, I... Oh, the fucking menacing uh, the men, But she wasn't... She, men- was, yeah, she wasn't that menacing. She was supposed to be. She was supposed to be, and they didn't show her menacing side like the one who stomps out shia is conejo she just kind of stands around like oh look at me i'm holding a blade and you're like yeah, i come and make threats and i'm like yeah i think you look good oh, she uh make cheyenne but like threaten me <laughs> well yeah she came to make threats and said come see your uncle yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the part where um Oh man, where he's doing the 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 fucking sangria? Oh fuck! Come on, really? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a Mexican doing sangria? Can you get more stereotypical? <laughs> yeah, I know that was kind of fucking and, stupid. And the woman, oh, just gladly comes over, be like, go over to him, and she goes over and yeah, they slit her, slit throat. her throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this film? It's honestly one of the worst. Said, I'm bathing her blood, Holmes. I want to say it's one of the worst movies I've seen this year. <laughs> I would not recommend this movie unless you have a thing for Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> like <laughs> or thing, for gang culture, or for gang culture. I, there's better gang films out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but this uh, one will get you by for a day <laughs> on quarantine access. You know, you, 
take a shot every time somebody says essay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. You'd be fucked up. Yeah, the one movie. The one thing that I did chuckle at, right, was when um also when when uh David tries to walk away from his uncle Louis, and his uncle Louis is like, I don't care if you are my nephew, you sit down. I was like, damn, that reminds me of dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh fuck. Oh fuck, I'm in trouble. I'm a fucking grown ass man still like <laughs> yeah. shit. But yeah, I mean honestly, I would not recommend this film. It's it's really bad. I think um you know, I like the fact that, you know, Hispanic actors, Latinx actors, Latino actors, whatever you want to say, um, got roles. I just think that this doesn't help, like, the perspective of who we really are. Or like, progress, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, because we're not that. The black people in the film are not fucking, you know, like, in real life, oh, yeah, are yeah. not fucking running a goddamn casino in their fucking living room with their party city fucking... Uh, streamers hanging that, all over the fucking was, place. It was a little stupid though, because fucking that, and then also uh, he rolls up to like some restaurant, ends a guy with a fucking AK forty seven on the roof, just fucking, and it's like a main street. Like get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> that's, that's right. I thought the same yeah. thing. I was like, I was like, what the shit? I was, like, I was like, yo, that's a fucking what is that? Fucking Olympic Boulevard or some shit? <laughs> like a main fucking street, and he's just standing on top, and no, and no one's doing shit on huh? no, 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 no helicopter cop. sees motherfucker, no. no fucking cop sees him, nothing, huh? People on the street don't see him and call cops. Like, get the fuck out of here. You don't go there. Why not? It was just that's, fucking. That's a drug cartel restaurant. Just fucking hilarious. Yeah, I was just, but because well, because you I still enjoy, I still enjoyed the movie to a certain degree. I'm not I, gonna lie. I I was getting just fucking annoyed because <laughs> that like, was hilarious. Well, it, it's the same reason that I don't particularly care for Training Day. Like as as good as the film, it was so dog. Because my King whole thing Kong was like, me. you know, like I go, oh, Denzel Washington only got the Academy Award because people were complaining that black people don't win the Academy Award, and Denzel's like, oh, I, I have this movie. Oh, give him the award for playing the bad guy, not for. For for glory, not for fucking Malcolm X, not for inspirational fucking people. Even but, the man on fire, yeah, who yeah. saved the little white girl. <laughs> you know, come on, uh, you know, not for not for putting a C four up uh, up somebody's butt, blowing them up. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but but there it is. I yeah, I, I can't I can't fuck with this movie. If I was giving it a score, it'd be three out of ten. Fuck, that's pretty brutal. I fucking hated this. I'll film. Give it a six. Oof oof. It's six, six, six ain't that hot either. Yeah, it's, it's not. Six ain't that hot. It's not. I mean, like it. This six fucking guy saying for guy you made fucking Suicide Squad. Dude, Suicide Squad's oh, geez, such a, a lot. Suicide a Squad's lot. a fucking pile of shit. As soon as you told me fucking Suicide, I was like, oh fuck, this shit makes it makes all the sense now. And uh, our last film stars Seth Rogen uh, as Herschel and Ben Ben Greenbaum. It has smaller appearances by like Jorma Taconi of the Lonely Island and uh, a personal friend of mine, Sean Whalen, as a scientist. I got to give him a shout out. That's hey, right. Sean. I met that fool one time. He doesn't know me, brother, but <laughs> I met him. He's, he's, I was a security he's a gr- at Paramount at the he, gate he's back a, in those days, and he rolled up, and uh, I was like, hey, bro, bro, tell me. And then people under the stairs, I'm going to get a picture. He's a great guy. He's, he's a, down. Yeah, he was down. He's, he's cool as fuck. Yeah, he's one of the coolest guys. One of my favorite things that he but does. the movie we're talking about is the American... Pickle. An American pickle, that's right. So what's this movie about? It's about a Jewish immigrant who comes to America to start a new life after his village is attacked and destroyed. And, um, you know, it starts to build a life here and then ends up falling into a pickle barrel and gets brined for 100 years. He wakes up in present day Brooklyn. And yeah, some kids go into an abandoned factory. And, uh, and it was at the condemned pickle factory because what happens is he falls into the, the pickle brine and they close the lid as they're preparing to brine these pickles. And the warehouse boss comes out and is like, ah, oh, we're condemned. We're closing it all down. And they don't even notice it. Um, it's based um, on a short story by Simon Rich, which appeared in The New Yorker called Sellout. 
uh, the movie is written by Simon Rich, and it is also directed by Brandon Trost. Uh, he's directed a couple of shorts, an episode of Future uh, Future Man. Um, and like I said, uh, Seth Rogen's really the star of the show. There's some smaller parts, but they are, are well, not... I need to watch... I need to finish watching Future Man. Okay. And, and they're not like so big, like, big characters, just kind of characters existing in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. In fucking so let's talk with the good. What did we like about this film? What did you like? Uh, what I liked is Seth Rogen. Uh, Refresh my memory. Uh, I like Seth Rogen as both roles. There were enough differences from like the stipled a hundred years ago and how we think, you know, um, Jewish immigrant and then the modern day, you know, not really religious, but still Jewish, you know, citizen kind of meeting and kind of having this kind of like quarrel of ideas, uh-huh. right? You know, um, I, I did enjoy um, Herschel was hilarious because of his backwards way of thinking, because of course, in the 1920s, you were highly religious. You you had highly controversial at the time. They weren't controversial, but their controversial views now, right? I mean, how you look at other people. When he talked about homosexuals, when he talked about uh, Catholics, because the Catholic oh, yeah, Church yeah, for yeah. a long okay, time okay. was villainized. You know, I mean, and they still are. They fucking you know protect child predators. But hey, that's besides that. Yeah, you sick fucks. And so you know, the the I like how both of them bounced off of each other. That's really what I enjoyed. Um, Other than that, the story, man, the way the story unfolds was just kind of boring. It wasn't. I agree. It wasn't that funny. Um, It had its moments. But overall, just I don't know. Like, I think it would have been better if Ben was really insecure in terms of, like, accepting his Jewish identity. And Herschel helped him realize, like, hey, man. We are strong. We are a strong people. There's nothing to be ashamed about or there's nothing to deny. Accept yourself. You don't have, you, you know, you don't like be yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, but it just doesn't feel that way. It feels like they both meet up, they see each other as different, and then they hate each other for a long time. Yeah, exactly. That's- it, and, and I just didn't feel like that was because, because everything me, it wasn't, it wasn't that strong of a story to, to, to make it like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good fucking, like a real good movie. It's, for an hour and a half. Yeah, they just keep for one, that he hates on him for one thing and then try to sabotage him for another and another and another. So it's like, yeah. And, and it's not even anything that's, uh, for me, truly like worth it, you know, in a sense. Yeah, because I mean, the truth is, is that like a lot of the things that Herschel gets Ben into trouble for are giant misunderstandings, like culturally, like, Somebody offends what, what what you stand for, and I and understand that whole cancel culture, you know, could possibly do that. Of course, of cause, course, because people jump on the gun before uh, it's misinformation. Of course, you know, well, the thing is, like, right, like the world is super complicated, and therefore, like, but on the internet, it just seems like everyone's screaming at each other. And yeah, I feel like they were trying to say something about cancel culture. It just didn't land how it needed to. It was more of a device to propel the story forward instead of actually saying something about what we perceive as cancel culture. Okay, you, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, fuck yeah. And so, like, that's the thing. Like, because the what I really liked about like the film that I feel dropped the ball is the whole thing about like sometimes it does feel like we're alone, but you can rely on your family. Yeah, and you should be proud of the family you belong to. And never shy away from it, which I know is not like a universal thing. There are families that are just not that. But, you know, for I think the general populace, 
Like, that's really important. Like, family is super important. And also, like, your family isn't blood sometimes. Like, it, the family is what you make of it. And I feel like there was some real, real opportunities in this film to get a strong story out. And it just failed. Yeah, and they fucking missed it. They missed it a lot. They missed the mark. And, but honestly, like, I think, like, it was really well shot. I, I, I thoroughly, in, you know, visually, it was, it was very well focused. You know, a lot of crisp, centered shots. But for this kind of film, it needed a little bit more motion because it was mostly two characters standing on different parts of the room and, you know, kind of talking at each other. And it, the two characters are the same guy. So, but I also understand why they had to shoot it that way because you're, you know, cutting two pieces of film, putting it together to make it seem like they're in the same room and yeah. then using standings for close-ups. So I don't know if there's a different story to be told there, but honestly, like... That was the biggest issue that I had with this film is like there was a lot of strong potential and they really just dropped the ball in like the narrative story. And I haven't read the short story by Simon Rich. I'm sure it's got a lot of clever ideas in there. But for me, like if you're going to translate that into a film, you got to figure out exactly what you want to say and and kill it because you yeah. have a 90 minute window. And if you can't give me a tight story in 90 minutes, you got some issues, my friends. Yeah, he he missed the mark a, a, a few times. For me, it was uh, it was like whatever. It wasn't the fucking uh, uh, the best movie. It was just like a. Uh, it was whatever. It's just fine. It's like it, whatever. Yeah, it's like, like whatever. You watch it and you can forget it. Yeah, and but it wasn't that funny. No, you, you know, you see, knowing Seth Rogen, you would think that it'd be a little bit funnier. And they tried to uh, do that, of course, but it just doesn't. It doesn't. They don't play it off right. I, they don't pull it off. I laughed a couple of times. I laughed at the moment where um, where he's awake. And he's talking about the scientists, and you have Sean Whalen like giving the, the 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 presentation, and he goes, and the scientists say this chemical goes with that chemical, and so on and so forth. You get the idea. I, I chuckled at that because you know the science of explaining like, oh, somebody's been brined for a hundred years. How do you explain that away? Sure, make it a joke instead. Yeah, of course. And I, and I think like that landed. I thought it was a little a little uh, too much with that shit. You know what I mean? Like fucking falling into a jar of pickles and yeah. fucking kids coming fucking. Like, like it open, like the the and all of a sudden the guys in a new world. Uh, it was too much for you. Well, guys, the thing is, it's hard. It's hard to suspend your your disbelief for that. Yeah, you know. So I'm like, yeah, but I mean, like, oh yeah, I would give this film a six out of ten, and I would recommend you watch it once, just because I think the concept of the ideas is clever. I I don't know if I would say like, oh, you definitely need to watch it, but if it's there and you've watched everything that you need to watch. Throw it on. It's fine. It'll it'll keep you occupied. Yeah, it's a good, it's a it's good to kill like a few hours, I suppose. I mean, with the fucking uh, uh, famous actor that you uh, recognize and all that kind of shit. Yeah, and Seth Rogen, honestly, I think uh, gives a really good performance given the material. I think he I think he really believed in it, and so I think it worked out really well for him. Yeah, for him it seems that, but uh, whoever's watching it, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, you know. But fuck it. Oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then real quick, we're going to find out what's going on with Fortnite. I, have no, I haven't heard any fucking news. I got so, a few things that I wanted to touch on. I'm not sure if you'd heard about the... Well, let's fucking finish this whole Fortnite real quick. shit. What the fuck is this? Fortnite was taken down from the Apple Store. Taken off? Taken off of the Apple Store. Be- and they were now taken off of the Google Play Store Ooh. at the time of recording this. Oh, because they're part of a... They are They're owned by some company. They are owned by shit. Epic Games, which is a small company of $17 billion. Um, but the problem is, is that with them uploading their game to, you know, the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, Google and Apple take a portion of the sales away from them. 
Uh-huh. Apple takes 30% of all their sales for Fortnite. So they decided we're going to bypass Apple's Play Store for all, like, I guess the cosmetic, uh, you know, tokens or whatever that you can unlock shit in the game. I don't play Fortnite because I, yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't fucking know anything about and it. So, I don't play that but, shit. but the thing is, they decided to put everything in game. So it cuts Apple out of the process of getting money. So then Epic gets to keep all the cash for developing their stuff. Yeah. So Apple took them down because they're like, it's a breach of the contract. And they're like, yo, fuck you. So then now they've sued Apple, uh, you know, for uh, an injunction on violating the contract. I don't know what's going on in the contract. That's a whole legal thing. I don't know in terms of that. We'll, we'll keep you posted. Yeah. But like, um, as as we sat down to record, Google took them down from the store, which means now that Epic's got another legal battle potentially with Google. Oh, so, fuck. I mean, it, this, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I don't want to make any assumptions because, like I said, still so fresh. It literally I know what the trip is that fucking Fortnite was doing uh things that have not been done before with like celebrities like fucking Travis Scott like famous uh musicians that have a, a a very big impact on music yeah and and they just did that concert with him they did a concert with somebody else too like a virtual concert where yep. all that whole killing shit was all eliminated all you could do was just party with your friends essentially yeah and I think that shit was fucking that's a smart ass fucking idea and for uh. For these platforms to take them off, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they're gonna fucking survive this. I mean, like, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna survive. You're talking about Google and Apple, right? Like, they're the biggest conglomerate corporations. And Epic Games is not somebody who's small. What's Epic? What are they gonna do? Are they gonna just go on on fucking PS4, Xbox status? I mean, they have that. that. They also uh, um, have their their own their own PC store. It's their Epic Game Store, which is like Steam. Yeah. Uh, So, but the thing is, like, you know, you obviously want to diversify where people are buying your product and so like now the question is like what's going to happen with all this like what is going to change within the app community like how is apple going to change their policies is epic going to actually just lose out like this lawsuit's going to go forward are they going to settle like what 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 is going to change in the last game i think the game can be successful without apple or google it can but the thing is like we're talking about like okay cool so if epic did that what about other smaller developers and how they want to approach how they make their money? Like, let's say, like, you know, it just at that point, it's like you start asking all these questions like, is Apple being too predatory with the amount of like percentage that they take? I don't know. And it seems it's, that way. It's 30% quite, 30, is fucking brutally 30, high. 30% is a huge chunk. Like, why but, the fuck do they need 30, 30%? All you fucking do is, is, Ha- they practically you just give, host it. They're practically giving you the fucking money because you're already doing something that you were already planning to do. You're already planning to host shit. Yeah, You've but I've already mean, been hosting shit. So but, what the fuck? But, but that's the thing. I but guess be, be, ah man, it's just the rich just want to get richer, dog. Yeah, and so that, that's the thing, and we'll see what happens with that. And that, that's that's the one thing I really yeah, want well, to talk fuck about. Fuck Fortnite. Either way, I'm fucking 36. I don't give a flying fuck about Fortnite. I don't have kids. The average video game player is 35 years old. It plays Fortnite though. I don't know about Fortnite. Oh, there we go. Then. I have so, friends that play Fortnite, but they're they're in their mid twenties though. Then. So uh, they're still. I have uh, friends in their mid twenties. Once again, all right. It doesn't matter. It just fuck Fortnite. Matter. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not. I don't like it. I tried playing it one time, dude. I'm not gonna lie, and, and I fucking felt like I was running a mile just to fucking find anybody, and I still didn't find anybody. I just kept yeah, running yeah. and running and running because it's big ass fucking world. Yeah. And uh, I didn't find anybody, so it fucking sucked. So I, as soon as that happened, deleted it off my fucking phone because hey, I had it on Apple. Yeah. There you go. I get it. But uh, fuck it. Uh, did you hear about the Ren and Stimpy reboot? No. Or the Beavis and Butthead reboot? That are coming I heard back? about the Beavis and Butthead uh, reboot. I think Mike Judge is coming back to that as well because yeah. it is his property. Um, but yeah, I but did- doing Ren and Stimpy, that's coming back. So that should be kind of 
kind of chill. I, I will say I was not a big fan of Ren and Stimpy uh, as as a kid because uh, I didn't I, I didn't was get say, it. Maybe as kids we were. I did. I got it when I was an adult. Like that's when it clicked yeah. with me. When I was in college and they were running on um, MTV at nighttime or not MTV. Was it Nick at Night? I forget who was running it. It was Nickelodeon. Yeah, at night, right? Nickelodeon. No, it was regular Nickelodeon. Right, it was regular Nickelodeon. I don't think we knew what the fuck was going on. But they came back. It was on MTV. MTV bought the rights to re-air it, and they aired it at night. And that was in college. This is like supposed to be like some Viacom thing. Yeah, that's gonna happen with it. That's cool. Also, did you hear about uh, the movie studios can now own their own theaters? It was like a seventy-two year rule that was going on, like a seventy-two year clause or some shit where. Movie studios couldn't own their own theaters, but now they can. Oh, they can again. Uh, yeah, that was a thing. It was a way for the companies to control where their movies were playing, how they were playing, when they were playing. And so I think as things have shifted in the theater world, like AMC just sent me a message talking about how they plan on reopening 100 theaters, hopefully by mid-September. But I don't honestly feel... It's supposed s- to raise prices, too, is what I heard. Uh, they're starting with 15-cent tickets right now and $5 days and other things to try to bring people back in. I'm sure they're going to raise prices. But the thing is, with the AMC thing... Fuck that. But, you know what What gets me is that I understand this whole COVID shit, but before COVID, Abraham, my fucking boy from fucking high school, uh, posted numerous theaters that he had been to, and he just recorded the seats. Just look at the fucking seat you're sitting in. And they looked so fucking disgusting. I, I It made me never want to go to a theater. I'm not even bullshitting you. Before yeah. this whole COVID shit happened. And I still have that mindset now. I even told, I even thought to myself, if I go to the theater, I'm going to buy a fucking disposable blanket at the fucking 99 cent store, throw it on that fucking seat if I have to, sit on that motherfucker <laughs> and just walk away and leave the fucking blanket there because those shits were disgusting. Oh, dude. no, I saw the I saw the video as well. It's uh, fucking we disgusting. Are, we are Facebook friends. Oh, see, um, amigos. Uh, but the thing is for me, like, I, I just don't feel safe at this point in time with well, how... Yeah, with the COVID shit, I didn't feel safe with that fucking dirty-ass fucking chair like that, dude. You know, fuck, and I'm going to go there with COVID? Fuck So, me. for me, like, they're not going to activate my account or anything like that. You know, they're going to wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have until December to make that decision. Then they're going to activate it. Um, but I don't know. Depending on how things go, we'll see. I might just discontinue my uh, AMC A-list until I feel safe enough to return to the That's theater. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to do because also my uh, gym membership, uh, they tried calling me and being like, oh, you know, the gym's open. You can come in and, and this is that. And I was like, why the fuck? I even said, why would you think that I would even want to go to the gym right now? And so what convinces you that? And I said, "That's just it's like, well, fuck no, dude, no way. You, yeah. can't, you can't pay me to go to the fucking gym, yo. <laughs> fuck that. You can pay me to go to the gym. No, you can't pay me enough. <laughs> fuck no, no, I'm straight. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the, yeah. I, oh, yeah, and the Mike Tyson fight also, uh, last little thing I want to touch on. Actually, one last thing after this. The Mike Tyson fight was supposed to be September 12th, but they've moved it to September 18th or some shit, but they've moved it to uh, November 28th. Okay. So uh, so I'm he's guessing, got more time to train and get in shape. and Yeah, and I'm guessing he just want to pull he, he said that he wanted to wait to pull more money, and definitely he's going to pull some money because that's fucking Thanksgiving weekend. No one's going to have shit to do. I mean, nobody's got shit to do right now anyway. Yeah. So nah, People are trying to get away with going to the beach and shit, but everybody's going to want to be in fucking doors for this. Yeah. yeah. Guaranteed. I, yeah. Also, um, the Save by the Bell pop-up restaurant is supposed to be coming back. Uh, tickets will go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. or when you are hearing this, today at 10 a.m. So if you are interested, go to savedbythemax.com. Get yourself some fucking tickets. It's only available for five days or some shit. I'm definitely going because I missed it last time. And that's not going to happen again. Pass. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I will not. No, you can't go inside. It's just pickup. That's it. Pick up or some shit. So, but you can go inside the fucking place like that's built. Like oh, the, while you, while like you the, wait yeah. to pick up? No, not wait. Oh, you like gotta, you go- all you can do is fucking pick it up. You just walk in. If you want to take pictures real quick, take and pictures. And you got to buy tickets to get single, inside yeah, there? because it's single people. Let's say, out, you know, or a couple. Do I get a fucking... Single fuck- couples, essentially. Do I get a fucking you get a magic meal, you trick? Get, you get a meal, all that shit. I'm not too sure. I'm I mean, gonna, it's I'm the a- max for fuck's sake. Do I I'll get a goddamn f- magic trick? Bring David Copperfield guy. out here. I'll Bring let it. you fucking know when I go, you fucking... <laughs> Bring me David Blaine. Do a trick. Hey, I can David stand Blaine, on the block yeah. of ice for a month. No, gonna, that's not I'm, a fucking magic trick, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's an endurance test. Say by oh. the bell, though, man. Fuck, oh. that shit was tight. We have, we have Chris Angel. Asshole. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mind freak you right now. I'm going to hang no, thank you. from my back with my skin. No, thank you. Hundreds of people have done this, but if I'm going to do it on TV, If you're gonna, I'm mind freaking you. If you're going to freak Chris me, Angel. <laughs> Chris Angel, you better buy me dinner first. It'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, be a steak dinner too, motherfucker. God damn it. And some wine, bitch. I want that filet mignon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> some tenderloin. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us, guys. As always, you can find us. Uh, at the links for everywhere on anchor.fm slash the Renderos Bros. Uh, you can find us on Hit Instagram. Us the Renderos Bros. Find uh, us on Instagram also as our uh, own handles. I'm um, Hollywood Mike with a double I. I am Render Me Sam, just like that. So hit us up if you uh, have any suggestions for movies, games, anything really, fucking restaurants. S- somebody did reach out and they want me to watch Aladdin. Aladdin, fuck. Okay. Yeah, the live action remake on Disney+. I haven't Plus. seen it, so I guess I'm willing to uh, Yeah, I guess it. we'll have to give it a shot. Um, but yeah, so thank you for joining us. Uh, everybody, wear your masks. Yep. Stay safe out there. Your fucking hands. Wipe that ass. We'll be back next All week. All that. <laughs>